A very warm welcome to you to this podcast with Mindful Moments UK. That piece of music is feeling lovely and familiar, like a kind of safety net of homecoming at the moment. That lovely original composition by Alan Ball and RWB. Tonight I am joined by Brooke Elias, my beautiful niece, who is going to help me unpack a little bit more around the silent symptoms of coronavirus, the COVID-19, and uh, we're going to unpack that together. So, Brooke, good evening and a warm welcome to you from St Albans. Hey. Hi, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Well, I've been better. (laughs) Yeah, so can you just tell me so I know you've already done a podcast around um, what you're experiencing at the moment tell me how you are now a week on yeah it's um it's probably the worst I've felt in the whole of the year since the pandemic began if I'm honest wow yeah um I'm just exploring it really really uh sorry Al's just mouthing something to me what you're mouthing Al long covid yeah, long COVID. There we so, go. <laughs> yeah, so um, there's lots and lots of symptoms, Brooke. I've written some stuff down to be able to share with you. Um, so here we are. I'm feeling rather anxious at the moment. I feel mm. like I'm quite confused with everything that's going on. There's a lot for my brain to try and get around. And I realised till this moment, till just before the podcast, that part of the problem is that I'm really resisting what's happening. I'm still trying to carry on as normal. I'm still trying to function, operate, run a business, do some work. And I'm just finding it all a little bit overwhelming, actually. So it's going to be really, really great to unpack it, explore it, get to the bottom of it, and then just talk a little bit about how mindfulness is helping me to survive, I suppose. Yeah, so you mentioned you're trying to resist what's happening. So what is happening? So, yeah, there's a lot going on. So I originally had had the no smell and no taste, which just a week ago, as we said on the previous podcast, turned in to this smell of putrid rancidity. So if you can imagine a gas pipe leak or burning rubber in the air, I don't know when this is going to happen. So I've got some trigger foods and trigger drinks now, which I know I need to avoid. But there's also things that you can't avoid, like walking into work today, into the the staff breakout kitchen room and somebody had cooked something. And I was absolutely overwhelmed by the pungent smell of whatever it was. So I was rinsing my cup out quickly and somebody came into the kitchen and said, oh God, somebody burnt something. So a normal smell of burn isn't overly nice anyway. Somebody had burnt a toasty or whatever. But this is magnified and fine-tuned to a stale stench of rancidness. Somebody's likened it to an alien smell. And honest to God, Brooke, it's literally like 
an alien smell because it's very difficult to word. And this is your parosmia that's doing that, right? Yeah. So this is the nerves which are damaged just above the nose, above the sinuses, the the nerve into the brain. So there's living with this, not knowing when you're going to be having these smells. I walked in to do some shopping yesterday into the supermarket, was overwhelmed by the smell of the bakery with this rancidity. But there's also um, tinnitus. And I, I don't know about this medically, but I can only assume it's because the senses that are dead at the moment, the other senses like hearing and sight are maybe having to work a little bit harder or responding a little bit harder. I'm really not too yeah. sure. So there's that. There's also forgetfulness, like real foggy brain. And I hadn't really noticed it until I've gone to say something. And as a mindfulness teacher, you can understand I've become quite clear-minded and I'm quite pleased and proud about that. Mm. So all of a sudden, to completely lose the memory of the thoughts of the words that you're trying to find has led me to feel quite discombobulated, but it's all about realising it, working skillfully with it, and just seeing if I can just bring some compassion, some mindfulness and compassion to this dreadful situation. I'm on a support group and there's now over 12,000 members all suffering the same. I think that there's so many people suffering from this. Yeah. And I know you say that your mindfulness has helped you. I can't imagine, you know, people that don't practice mindfulness or or don't have the same coping skills that you might now have developed, how they're feeling. So, Brooke, we just had to have a quick little interlude, then we had some signal interference. But um, hopefully my memory will serve me well. <laughs> and uh, you said something around people that haven't got a mindfulness practice, how they may or may not be coping. Yeah. So based on the chat on the Facebook group, there's a lot of people saying they actually can't cope. They don't know how long they're going to be able to to deal with this, to deal with this horrific uh, situation. So take tonight, I couldn't eat dinner with the family the minute that Alan started frying off garlic. I had to leave the kitchen, sit in the lounge with the doors closed, with my head buried underneath my pole neck jumper. And then... I ate some white fish in a white sauce with white rice and they ate what we'd normally have as a family. So that's, you know, kind of upsetting. So Mm. what I have noticed is, well, let's just quickly go through a quick list of things that I can't take. And when I say can't take, I get this smell and then I get bile in my mouth like I'm going to throw up. You know that watery mouth you get? Yeah. So this happens instantaneously. So cat food, every day I feed the cat. Washing up liquids, cleaning, stuff like bleaches. Coffee is repulsive. Monge too. Crisps. Wow. Makeup remover, chocolate, eggs, onions, garlic, Vimto, toothpaste, chewing gum, nuts, apples, pineapple, yogurt, vegan sausages, car fumes, body cream and chips. You can't stand those smells. Can't stand those smells. They all bring out that smell of rancidness. And there's some things that don't. Yep. So fish pie seems to be okay. Tea, cup of tea is fine, thank goodness. Fish in white sauces, white rice, spinach, garden peas, potato cakes. And uh, cheese at the moment seems to be okay. 
Well, that's fine, so long as cheese is okay. <laughs> yeah. But crisps, crisps and chocolate, Brooke, I'm gutted. So what I notice is, first of all, let's talk about the resistance. I know from basic mindfulness, knowledge and wisdom is that when we resist things, and this will keep coming up on all of our podcasts, when we go into a place of not liking and not wanting, we're already adding a layer of stress and a layer of suffering to our original suffering. We've spoke about this before, haven't we? Yeah. So not only have I got the symptoms of long COVID, but now I'm working with not wanting, not liking, shouldn't have it, why me? Now that is causing me some despair and I know it is. So this is something I can keep coming back to. Ah, there I go. You know, my mind's wandering off to to catastrophizing, you know, all of that. Let's come back to the present moment. Now, for me at the minute, the present moment sometimes is really horrible, but occasionally, you know, during meditation, it can be quite pleasant. A fresh walk in the fresh air is very beautiful near the sea. So there are lots of moments I need to start to cultivate an awareness towards rather than, you know, just getting lost in the negativity all the time. Yeah. The other thing I noticed the other day was as I was doing a breathing practice, was that only 50% of the breath is breathing in, isn't it? 50% is breathing out. Yeah. So breathing in might not be very nice at all, but breathing out is actually okay. So if I were to think about it logically, I could say, well, actually, I'm 50% okay. People Mm. without a mindfulness practice would probably think the worst case scenario all of the time with no break from it. Yeah. You know, I really notice the moments that haven't got the rancid smell. And, And to me now, anosmia, which is no taste and no smell, is by far the better relative to parosmia, which is this rancid stuff. Gosh, and I bet you thought you'd never hear yourself say that when you had that. Absolutely, yeah. So, and and it's really interesting because I know the fact that you've got this going on. So what, I know you just mentioned some of the things that you do to try and cope with it. Um, To give someone else advice who's going through that or something similar, you know, something that you can't control, how would you... You know, how would you really suggest that they try and cope with it for someone who doesn't practice mindfulness every day? Yeah, I would say to understand that the extra stuff that you're bringing to it isn't going to be that helpful. So the other thing I've noticed is how much of the group that I indulge in. So If you have, say for instance, we always teach at the end of a mindfulness course that you need to watch how much news you take in, how much social media you take in. So all of a sudden, a week ago, I found this support group and I know that I gravitate towards it to see if there's any updates on any cures or relief. But in doing that, I'm continually reading about the constant (laughs) discomfort of parosmia. So, you know mindful awareness is to notice this and then perhaps not get so involved that you're looking at the group chat all of the time because then that becomes a little bit overwhelming it's too much isn't it yeah I guess you could also feel let down if you know you're going to look 
for the, in the hope that there's someone's going to say, oh, this has cured it, this has cured it. And every time you don't get that, it's almost digging away at you a bit. Yeah, 100%. So that's something definitely, and that's just some kind of wisdom that emerges from being a long-time mindfulness practitioner is let's just watch how much of this stuff we're taking in. The next thing to really realise is that, you know, to have this condition in itself, to have long COVID, is the time to really offer yourself some self-care. Now, if you had a broken limb or your leg was severed off or something like that, you'd go, oh, I'm really not feeling good today. So I'm going to keep my pyjamas on and, you know, everybody will be really kind and really supportive. Because this is so silent, Brooke, you don't offer yourself that same TLC. Yeah. So I've really noticed that, yes, I've got to get the ball rolling for my business. I'm doing this extra work which is an incredible job booking vaccines for people at the minute, which is just lovely to be part of. But I've really got to notice as well that I'm probably not 100%. So I need to really exert some some self-care, some tenderness for myself. Mm. And then noticing, this is bad in itself. Let's notice when our mind is creating more suffering. So, you know, we don't know how long it's going to last. I can think, well, it might go tomorrow and that'd be a really positive thing to think, wouldn't it? Yeah. But how many times might you think, oh my God, this might go on for months or years? And you can see the difference in those two mindsets. I know. And, and most people will think the negative, won't they? We've got a negative bias, haven't we? We've got this tendency to negative bias, which isn't our fault. You know, this is part of our survival. So I would say lashings of self-compassion. There are so many self-compassion practices online. I'm going to be um, teaching mindfulness self-compassion courses, so mindfulness-based compassionate living for those people who've already taken uh, an eight-week course in MBSR. I'm going to be really promoting the development of compassion towards ourselves. Yeah, I think now more than ever that's very important that everyone learns to be compassionate and as we now know, you know, there's so many new things coming up and different ways that people are feeling. So probably a really handy tool to have. Absolutely. So it's an antidote to this natural um, susceptibility that we've got to this negative bias is the antidote to that is to cultivate compassion. And, you know, what would you say to a good friend? So if I knew how I feel now, this discombobulated you know, somebody's said to me, gosh, it's like deprivation. It's like, it is deprivation. You yeah. know, I I used to get so excited. And let's face it, Brooke, you know, most people just look forward to an evening meal at the minute. I noticed mm. all sorts of posts on Facebook and within our own family chats and stuff was all about what food people were going to have for Valentine's yesterday. So those those lovely stimulus and arousal things for me are not there at the minute. So it's it's really easy to become really disconcerted by it. So if I had a friend that was going through this or a family member, now I know what it's like, I'd probably really put my arms around him, obviously if we could. <laughs> if not, yeah. socially distanced phone call would have to do. Yeah. But that real sense of what would I offer somebody that I knew was suffering in this way? And it would be lashings of care. You know, can I get you a cup of tea? Or what can I do for you? 
I've said to the family, there's there's limited things that I can have at the minute. So something for me, which would be really helpful is if they say, look, we've only got one of these left. Do you need it or can we have it? Just because, mm. you know, if I go to the fridge and there's not potato cake or there's no rusks left for my breakfast, then yeah. it's like, oh, I'm stuffed. What am I going to eat? And I tell you what, I got really, really miserable, grumpy down all of it yesterday. I was really mindfully peed off because one of the things I really love is bacon grill. It's in a tin, it's cheap, it's nasty, it's smoked <laughs> ham. And I grew up on it as a kid. So since I've started eating meats again during COVID, since I lost my taste and smell, I'd been a vegetarian vegan before that. But I needed the texture of meat because I didn't have any flavours. Well, now it's all turned on its head again, which is why I think I feel in my brain I'm so confused as well. Mm. Because we cooked this stuff yesterday and I had high hopes I'd be able to eat it. And I walked into the kitchen, Brooke, and felt sick instantly. So, you know, I had a moment, I shed a few tears and I just think that for me to really offer myself some, some TLC... And I would say that to anybody else that's suffering with the same thing. And then do some real practical things. I'm in touch with my GP. There are now clinics that are dedicating themselves to long COVID so we can get some support. There are the support groups. And there's these techniques as well we spoke about on the last podcast. Did you hear about those? The flicking of the head and stuff. Yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it hasn't worked as yet, but I'm just going to keep going with it. And the brain training, so the smell training as well, the four essential oils every day, twice a day. And how are you finding that they smell? Is it good? Um, so the lemon and rose smell the same at the moment. There's no difference between those two smells. They smell okay, though. They don't smell horrible. But mm. the clove has this COVID smell as does oh. the eucalyptus. They both have this tendency to smell of this, I'll call it the COVID smell, because that's what we've started referring it to. Mm. Wow, well, that's very interesting. Soon, it'll all pass over and it won't be a, you know, it'll just be a short-term thing. Yes, yes, absolutely. That's, you know, we don't know. And like I said before, we could think it's going to last forever. But what we could also think is, you know what? It may be over tomorrow. <laughs> Well, yeah, and also, maybe, I know, obviously, I can't really talk much about it because I can't imagine what you're going through, but it's what a weird experience. And for you to be able to say that, you know, you've gone through this and then that you've, you know, you're fine eventually, and that, but you were actually one of the people who managed to, unfortunately, experience this, but you're fine at the end of the road, so... Yeah, definitely. And I always believe, and I'm certainly not a martyr, please don't think of it as me being all heroic or anything like that. I'm really far too modest for that. But I do always think, I always keep in my top pocket or behind my ear wherever, that if anything that I've experienced can help somebody else, like my depression and anxiety and, you know, all of my mindfulness practice can help other people, then this is another one of those, isn't it? You know, to do some research for this university hospital in London, to to really open up and I think that's that's what we need to be doing we need to be talking really openly and we need to be cultivating joyfulness we need to be cultivating compassion we need to make a bit more effort I certainly need to make more effort at the minute to really notice the good and to savour it because it's there isn't it it's there amongst the crap and everything else there's good stuff there as well so it's really 
working skillfully with that, which I'm going to start doing. I've given myself a week to not mope around. I've really tried not to, but a week of being confused. I'm hoping yeah. that I'll, I'll start to come through that fogginess and make that effort in the right place and kind of make my peace with it, really. Yeah, I think a key thing you said was, um, you know, you've just been trying to get on normally with it and, and just recognising that you shouldn't have to do that. That something is up. So just do what you can to try and stay happy and cope with it. Yeah, absolutely. And there's nothing wrong with the odd jammy day, hey? <laughs> exactly. I do it even myself. <laughs> yes. We'll get one of those big fluffy blanket things we saw off Facebook. That looks amazing, doesn't it? Yeah, so snuggly. The marshmallow bed. I fancy a bit of that. Me too. <laughs> so, Brooke, that's been really lovely. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we finish? No, just that I I really feel for you and I hope that you can recover soon. Yeah, thank you, my darling girl. It's been really lovely to share the experience. Thanks again for helping me to unpack it. Thank you. See you soon, my darling. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. So that was a podcast with Mindful Moments UK. I am Tor Wormsley. I've got a fantastic website, which is www.mindfulmomentsuk.co.uk. I am teaching MBSR eight-week courses and later on in the year, the MBCL course, which is Mindfulness-Based Compassionate Living course. So get yourself signed up to an eight-week mindfulness course and then you can take the MBCL course after that. And there's also some free uh, downloads, some free meditations on the website and there's also links to the whole of the podcast series. Thanks for listening. Take care and stay well. Bye-bye now. Thank you.